Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. the enemy knows how to attack your mind and Kimberly and Dwayne both have heard them express that they felt like they were failures of parents they're some of the best people I know of and Dwayne has been a faithful husband and father faithful to the house of God amen and so we want to lift them up and encourage them lift them up in prayer hallelujah Sometimes life's woes overwhelm us. Some things there's there's no word. Only God, only God can comfort us. Some things of life we have no no words to compare. I was telling Brother Dwayne, I remember Brother Sonny got killed in that plane crash and Sister Edith, Brother Jimmy's wife, Brother Philip, you'll remember she grieved herself to death. Eleven months later, Brother Jimmy buried his precious wife. And I'll never forget what he said. 
He laid across his bed. We went, we went up to see him. He said, I must be the awfulest man in the world to lose my only son and then to lose my wife. But that's not it, church. Those that God loves and he cherishes sometimes, he takes, takes them on home. We don't understand, but it makes heaven more real to us. And it should give us a greater desire than ever before to fight the good fight of faith that we too may take that flight. But that's what we're all striving for, is it not? Whether it's by the grave or by the rapture of the church, we must be ready. I want to go, don't you? My heart is, is uh, burdened and troubled. I certainly want to do the will of God this morning. I, if you have your Bibles and like to read with us, I'd like to preach the burden of my heart this morning. And I, I, I trust I can say something that'll cause you to get closer to the Lord in this hour. Proverbs chapter 13, I'd like to start and see what the Lord will do for us. I certainly really need your prayers this morning. I've wrestled with this. For some time. Proverbs 13 and 9. The light of the righteous rejoiceth. But the lamp of the wicked shall be put out. Only by pride cometh contention. But with the well advised is wisdom. Wealth gotten by vanity shall be diminished. But he that gathereth by labor shall increase. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. But when the desire cometh. It is a tree of life. Whoso despiseth the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth the commandment shall be rewarded. The law of the wise is a fountain of life to depart from the snares of death. Good understanding giveth favor, but the way of a transgressor is hard. Would you stretch your hand once more and ask God to help us? Please, Lord. Please, Lord. Let your anointing fall upon us today, God. Lord, anoint us to preach what you laid on our hearts. And God, visit us in these altars today and we'll honor you for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. The congregation said, the word of a transgressor, the word transgression or transgress means to step across the boundary mark. To go beyond the line the limit or the boundary that God has set. Proverbs here said the way of a transgressor is hard. That means you go over the law of God. And church, you must be honest with yourself. You see, when you, when you step over that line, the word transgress, the trans means to go over. And transgress means to go over the boundaries which God has set for each of us. When people say uh, the way of holiness is hard, they really don't know what they're talking about. For the Bible said the way of a transgressor is hard. You know, holiness is a natural growth of a child of God who is conceived in the Word of God. And it, it, it's a, a natural for a child of God to live a life of wholeness and separation as it is for a peach tree to have peaches 
or apple tree to have apples. You see, it's the fruit of the Christian life. And there's nothing hard about living a holiness life. Holiness to a saint of God is his natural growth habitat. It's where his desire is. Nothing hard about it. Uh, now, it may be hard to surrender your will to God's will, but it's not on God's part. And it shouldn't be on our part, really, church. So many people that say it's hard, they're saying it's hard to give up the world. Amen. It's hard to give up my rock and roll or, or my drinking or worldly attire. You see, uh, church, it's hard uh, uh, to give up all these things, but it's not hard to live right. Uh, it, it, it's, uh, it's not hard to live for God. In fact, it's the best life on earth. It's the most rewarding life that you'll ever live. The only life that'll satisfy is a life lived for God. Amen. And so there's nothing hard about holiness. And could I say there's nothing hard about holiness preachers? Now, if uh, being called hard would make you discouraged, holiness preachers would be the most discouraged people on earth. Amen. Because, you see, uh, we're tagged as being hard when the truth is we're, we're, we're being honest. You've got to be truthful. Amen. And you've got to be honest with yourself. And, 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 and you've got to be truthful with yourself. Do you remember Jesus telling about the man with the one talent in Matthew 25? He said, uh, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man. And church, we are not uh, no better than the Lord is, are we? If they called him hard, uh, we shouldn't be upset if they call us hard. So could I ask you uh, uh, this morning, what is hard about living a holiness life. You see, holiness is the will of God for each of it. It's the mind of God. It's the heart of God. And you'll never be happy. You'll never really ever be happy until you uh, uh, do what the Word of God tells you to do. Obey the Word of God. And it's not hard, church. Talking to God. Somebody said praying is hard. Well, I want to ask you, is it hard to talk to your dad? It shouldn't be, and neither should it be hard to talk to your Heavenly Father. God is more willing and waiting uh, than any of us would ever even imagine in our mind and, and, and even understand. And could I tell you this morning, uh, what really is hard, it's the way of the transgressor. The way Isaiah said in 38 and 8, and a an highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. But it shall be those, the wayfaring men, though fools shall not err therein. And could I say, church, you don't have to be a scholar to understand holiness. And what's right? Matthew 11 and 28, some of my favorite scriptures, said, Come unto me, Jesus speaking, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your soul. Now, 
This is the only time in the Bible that Jesus ever gave a description of himself. He said, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. You know, church, when, when, when you feel that weight, that load of sin, that labor in sin, and Jesus said, if you'll come to me, I'll give you rest. I'll take that load off of your back. I'll give you peace. He said, you can find rest under your soul. Oh, will you help me this morning? You see, a, a church, a, a, the, the yoke of sin and the burden of sin is neither easy nor light. It's heavy. It's burdensome. The way of a transgressor is hard. It starts out, it seems easy. You see, the Bible said there's, uh, uh, you know, there's a, 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 a pleasure in a, 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 a sin for a season, but only for a season. After a while, it's hard work. There are many a people in the mental institution this morning, if they had the mind to tell you, they'd tell you it's a hard road to hell. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burdens lie. Are you laden down? Are you heavy laden? I want to tell you, it's a hard road going down that road toward hell. A man's conscience becomes unbearable, church. When, when, when a man's conscience is working and he sins, it's, it's, a, it's a living hell within him that, that the burden of sin puts upon him to let him know you're, you're going the wrong way. That's not right. Every suicide is saying, my conscience is killing me. Are you going to help me this morning? Yes, sir. Come on, brother. Every man that takes his own life is saying, I can't take what my conscience is telling me. It's overwhelming. I can't, I can't handle it nobody, uh, uh, no more. Somebody said, I would never take my own life. You would if you couldn't live with yourself any longer. When the burden of sin and the wages of sin and your constant, amen. You see, uh, the way uh, of a transgressor is hard. It's not an easy road, that road down sin. When you load your conscience up with so much sin and the devil keeps throwing these far darts at you and your soul says suicide seems to be the way out. So many people that commit suicide. The devil lies to them and tells them, it'll end it. You'll be out of all this. But Jesus said, come, learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. <coughs> Are you heavy laden? Do you need rest for your soul? There's rest in him. Do you have the burden of sin? He said, my yoke is easy. Oh, I wish I could preach it to you this morning. My burden is light. I'm telling you, you don't have to carry that heavy load of sin. Now, let me, let me ask you a question. Why did Jesus, why did Judas kill himself? Why would he do this, church? He had nothing to fear. I mean, you study it. Uh, why then? Uh, you see, he, he was at the top of the game here. He had nothing to fear. He had Pilate on his side, and, and Pilate was afraid at first. But uh, when Jesus uh, died, amen, it was all gone. And so he had Pilate on his side. Judas also had Herod. 
He had the Roman uh, 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 government on his side. He had the Jews on his side. You remember them? They were those that kept crying, crucify him, crucify him. Amen. And church, uh, the crowd that marched in front of the cross that mocked him, uh, they were on, on Judas' side. All the high priests were on his side. The religious leaders was on it. So why, uh, what punishment did Judas have to fear here? I want to tell you what it was this morning. It was that load of guilt and that burden of sin that weighted his conscience. Oh, out of, out of his own mouth, Judas said in Matthew 27 and 4, I have sinned in that I have betrayed the innocent blood. This was what uh, was weighing on Judas's uh, mind here. And could I say, a living hell is a burden down conscience. And church, the rope looked good beside of the conscience that was tormenting him. Amen. And, and, and hanging in the valley with the rope around his neck looked a lot better than living with a guilty conscience. God don't want us to live with a guilty conscience. That's why he said, come unto me. He makes a way out, a way of escape. And I want to take, uh, uh, tell you this morning, it'll, uh, if you travel down that road that the enemy's got you traveling on, it'll take you to hell. And when you get out here and you play with your conscience until they become a tormentor to your mind, tortures your mind. Genesis 4 and 10, and he said, what hast thou done? This is God speaking here. What hast thou done? The voice of thy brother's blood cried unto me from the ground. And now art thou cursed from the earth, a fugitive and a vagabond shalt thou be in the earth. And Cain said unto the Lord, My punishment is greater than I can bear. And church, you ought to thank God for a good conscience. A good conscience is one that works. It's one that will let you know. A guilty conscience... Who can bear it? Oh, the way of a transgressor is hard. God gave us a conscience to be a watchdog of our soul, to keep us and help us. And when you do something that you ought not to do, your conscience says, don't do that. Don't do that. It'll destroy you. Don't touch that. It'll destroy your reputation. It'll kill your influence. And you know, it seems like in our holiness churches uh, anymore, we, we think, you know, the pastor, if he don't make a list of all the do's and don'ts, and if he misses uh, something and he don't mention it, uh, we think, well, it's all right. The preacher never preached on that. But there are many things, church, that we may have never heard anybody preach again. But in our heart, our conscience lets us know that's not right. You ought not to do that. You can't do that and keep the joy of the Lord in your heart. And church, there's enough filth and vulgarity on television, amen, to uh, uh, you know, let us know that it's not right. It, it, it'll bog your mind down. It'll, it'll destroy your mind. It'll confuse you. And, and you know, uh, uh, even our, our cell phone, we've got to safeguard the things that we see and hear your conscience should tell the, uh, you know, uh, uh, we get uh, this safeguard through our conscience. 
And a lot of times it seems those that raised up in, in the holiness church have a harder time of laying the world off than those that never knew anything about God. I remember uh, uh, Brother Philip, uh, Brother Bruce McGuire there at Route 4 in Ohio. There was a young couple uh, that got saved. Uh, he, he had hair down, uh, he could sit on his hair. And uh, she, she, she testified herself at 17 years old, she rebelled against God and she backslid. And she married this young man. And she said, uh, 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 one morning about 2.30 in the morning, he got under conviction, he'd been under conviction. He, she knew what it was, but she wouldn't tell him because she wasn't ready to give her heart back to God. And he prayed and he prayed until he prayed through. And she said she watched him as he began to clean himself up. And he began to seek God and she wept and cried because he didn't know anything about holiness. He didn't know anything about God. But God began to deal with him and show him uh, what was right. And finally she gave her heart and life back to God and she testified uh, of the fact. You know, you need to watch playing around with your conscience. One man said Judas was bad enough to do the deed, but he was good enough that he couldn't live with himself afterward. It was uh, his conscience, church, that was killing him. And, you know, you, you may be able to run from uh, everybody. and You may be able to hide it for a while. But, brother, at night when you lay down in that bed and you've got to crawl into that bed with your conscience, and it's a biting at you like a serpent. And it's letting you know where you're at and where you're gone is not right. Could I say it's a hard road to hell. And I can't sleep, preacher. I can't sleep at night. Well, why can't you sleep? Is your conscience bothering you? Is your conscience mounting up against you? Oh, I wish I could preach to you this morning. Your conscience bothers you, church, when you're not doing what you know is right. When you sin against your own conscience, it's proven it'll take you down. The way of a transgressor is hard. Sad thing is, you're going there by your own self, your own choice. I heard a story about a sea captain in England. And he, he, he was going to, uh, 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 on his finest voyage that he'd ever went on, he had a cargo that was going to make him more money than he'd ever made in all the other uh, shiploads that he'd ever hauled. There was only one catch to it. There was another ship with the same cargo headed to the same place. And so they were headed to America. And the first one that got there reaped the bounty of it. And so he purposed in his heart, the old sea captain said, I'm going to be first. And so he headed out on the voyage, and uh, he realized, he said, if I can cash in on this, I can retire, and I can live easy the rest of my days. Only thing was, about halfway into that voyage, he met a wrecked ship, and there was four men and two women uh, that were on pieces of that ship, and they were screaming and waving and hollering, please, please help us, please help us. These people were screaming and waving, and, and they got the attention of the old captain. The captain seen them as they screamed, and he, uh, he thought, if I stop 
and I help them, there's no way I can get there in time. And I'll miss this, this great once-of-a-lifetime chance. And so, finally, he turned his head and sailed on. And sure enough, he got there. And uh, he uh, unloaded his cargo. And uh, just a few years later, he retired and bought a little cottage by the seaside. And at night, when he'd sat by the seashore, watching those gales come in, on those gales and those waves, he could hear the screams and the cries of those men and women are waving and begging him to stop. And he went on, but he, he couldn't live with it. It was driving him insane, and finally he did go insane. And he, you know, he had the money. Uh, he, he, he could do whatever he wanted to, but he had this guilty conscience. Were there voices on the wind? No, it was his conscience bothering him. Could I say it's a hard road that takes men down to hell? Amen. Isaiah 57, 20, the Bible said, But the wicked are like the troubled sea when it cannot rest, whose waters cast up mire and dirt. There is no place, saith my God, to the wicked. That's why Jesus fixed a way that we could come to him and free our conscience. You'll die one day, you'll be all alone, and you'll go to a devil's hell with a guilty conscience. It's a hard road going down. It's a hard, the way of a transgressor is hard. And it gets harder the closer you get to eternity. Could I tell you life is so short? Why not turn it around now? While God gives you an opportunity. While Jesus' hand is stretched out. Usually, church, when, when, when someone goes to see a psychiatrist, it's usually because there's sin in their life and there's things that trouble them their mind so bad and it's driving them insane I heard a story about uh, 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 this man he, he, he came to this psychiatrist and he was so troubled and the doctor told this man he said sir you have the worst call uh, case of uh, uh, mental uh, disorder I have ever seen in my life he said I'm labeling you as a maniac depression this, this case here, this is the worst kind of, of depression. It's brought on by a load of the Spirit. And the Bible said, a wounded spirit who can bear. And that's what it's talking about here, church. A conscience, amen, that is wounded. A conscience that has uh, insulted the laws of God and will not approach the throne of God and ask for mercy. That's the only hope we have. Is bring it to Jesus. Solomon said, a wounded spirit who can bear. And when you load your conscience down with sin and the load gets so heavy you can't carry it anymore, after a while the devil gets to talking to you and he'll tell you, it's easier just to end it all. But all that does is put you into an eternal hell. The doctor looked at this man and he said, you are a maniac depressant. You know what that is? They said that that's what Mike Tyson was. That's when you go insanely enraged and you get into such a rage and a madman. And the man asked him, he said, is there any hope for me at all? Is there someone that can help someone like me? He said, you know, I believe there really is. 
He said, there's a circus in town. And he said, there is a clown at that circus that can make anybody lie. And he said, what you need is some laughter. What you need is some joy in your life. You need to go and let this clown talk to you and make you laugh. The man looked at the doctor and said, sir, I am that clown. I'm telling you, church, when you get such a load on your conscience, Mark 6 and 14, the Bible said, And King Herod heard of him, for his name was spread abroad. And he said, That is John the Baptist, risen from the dead. And therefore mighty works do shew forth themselves in him. Herod here thought it was John coming back from the dead. What was it, church, that was eating Herod? It was his conscience. It was eaten. Herod believed in the resurrection. And this was what frightened him so. He had killed an innocent man in church. This is a simple truth. Men are going to meet their sins again in the judgment. We don't get by. No escape. You're going to face God after a while when you die. And and what was uh, uh, on Herod's mind? What was uh, uh, tormenting? You see, it was John the Baptist. Uh, He thought he had rose from the dead because uh, uh, Herod had him put to death. An innocent man had him beheaded for the mad dance of a woman. And it was eating him alive. And it drove him insane. Amen. Oh, now it's come back and it's haunting. You know every man and woman is going to have to face God and face their sin in the resurrection. If they're not under the blood of Jesus, that's the only hope we have. And that's why he puts it so plain in the word of God. He wants us to escape that place called hell. God don't want anybody to die lost. There was a man in a mining accident above where I used to live there in Middle Creek. Several years ago, he got caught between two two coal buggies. They caught him about midway. And they realized that when they uncoupled him, he had died. He wasn't going to make it. The man cursed so vile, such a rage, used such vile language. And some of them said, you want us to get the preacher? They had a preacher working on that same section. But the man, the preacher heard him cursing so vilely. Ever before he even got to where he was at. He lived, they said, about two minutes after they uncoupled the buggy. He died cursing his pain. He died cursing his situation, cursing the world, cursing everybody. He was a madman, a cursing. I'm going to tell you, it's a hard road to hell. The way of holiness is not hard, church, but the way of a transgressor is hard. F.W. Borm, I believe it was, Brother Philip, you can correct me. Him and another preacher, they were, they were going to cross the Swiss Alps. And they had got to the basin of a big mountain. And they told them there at the lodge, they said, you can't cross this mountain without a guide. There's been many that's been through there, and they, they got lost in that vast wilderness, and they died. You, you've got to have a guide to get you through there. So they said, okay. And they paid for a guide. And there was an Englishman. He overheard them. He come up and he said, well, I need, I need a guide through here too then. He said, how much does it cost? And when they told him, he said, oh, 
That's too much money. That's just too much money. He said, I think I can make it without a guide. So the next morning, as F.W. Borm and his friend was getting ready to, to getting all their gear together with the guide, the old Englishman took off ahead of them. And so when, when him and, and his friend and, and the guide got started, they looked way off in the distance and they seen the old Englishman. And he said, there goes your Englishman. He's going the wrong way. He's going into that vast wilderness. He'll die in there. He'll not get back out. So he got up on the rock and he began to scream and he began to holler, Come back! You're going the wrong way! That leads to destruction. You'll die in there. You'll never get out of there if you don't come back. Come back this way. Come with us. That's what I'm trying to preach to you this morning. Come this way. Come to Christ. Come to the Lord. He said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The wages of sin is death. The road path of sin will lead you to destruction. You'll be, you'll be destroyed out there. You'll die out there. You need to come this way. My yoke is easy. Oh, I wish I could preach to you this morning. I heard a story of two men. They worked at a steel mill. Over the years, they worked together. They had many disagreements. And finally, one day, they had a pretty bad disagreement, and they were walking by the molten vat of that melted steel. And one pushed his buddy into that vat of melted steel. And there was no one around to see. So he just walked on. Later they questioned those over the, the plant there. But nobody seemed to know uh, the whereabouts of this man. Some years later, this man went to the police and confessed to the murder. He said, I, I committed this awful crime. He said, it was a perfect crime. Nobody seen me. He said, but my conscience has eat me alive. He said, I can't never lay down at night without seeing that man in my mind. He said, I can't stand it anymore. I can't take it anymore. And he confessed to a perfect crime. Matthew eleven twenty eight said, come unto me. All ye that labor and heavy laden, I'll give you rest. And ye shall find rest for your soul. Regardless of how far sin has taken you, if you'll come to him this morning, if you'll turn it around and give it back to him, he'll take and he'll clean your heart and your life and your mind. God's talking to somebody this morning. Please come get us a song. God's dealing with somebody's heart. When I was studying and praying about this, I want to tell you, you're not going to like the end results of that broad road. It leads to destruction. It'll destroy your soul. It'll influence those around you. It'll bring you to an all. Stand with me this morning. That's why Jesus wants us to come to him. Casting all your cares. You got a load too heavy to carry? Give it to Jesus. Turn it over to him this morning. He'll help you with that load. He'll help you carry that burden. You're here this morning. You're away from God. These altars are open this morning. Would you come? Give God an opportunity to put the peace of God back in your heart. Put the joy of the Lord back in your soul. Would you do it? 
Would you come this morning while they sing, these altars are open. Father God, Lord, I've done my best, oh God, to preach what I felt like you dealt with my heart. I pray, Lord, I didn't miss it this morning. I felt it so strongly on my heart. God, I know you're dealing with somebody's heart here this morning. Either on Mixer or in this congregation. I don't know you know, God. You know those that are drifting away from you. Maybe it's somebody that's got cold in their soul. And they're contemplating giving up. Oh, God. Pull at that heartstring this morning. Bring them back to you, oh God. Draw Hear them back the to you, Lord. Come, let's seek the Lord. Will you come and pray with us this morning? Guilty press. Oh. 